last time we got it before Christmas, Dan was preaching to us, we were looking at the first last part of chapter 4, the first day of chapter 5, and he was teaching us about power and authority and control that Jesus has over a few couple of things. We saw Jesus who has power over the storm in the nature, palms the sea, and we saw that he had power over evil as he delivered the man from the demons and cast them out from him. This week we're going to continue thinking about power and authority, the power and authority that Jesus has. This week we're going to think specifically about sickness and death. Sickness and death, as we thought about fears last time, are big fears that we all have. They're big experiences that we will go through in life. One day we will all die, we will all get sick, some point in our life, and there are experiences that we have no control over, particularly death. And so in our passage, we meet two people, two main characters. People who are very different. One is named, one is just called a woman. One is important in society, the other rejected in society. Two very different people, but two people who are in very desperate need. Sickness and death. Situations that they cannot control. And yet they come to Jesus if they believe that he is the one who can help them. The first person we meet is Jairus. Jairus is a synagogue leader, a synagogue ruler, as we read. So his job is to look after the synagogue, the place of worship. And he will organize times of worship where people gather together. So you well know the people he meet. He will be respected and he will be a good religious man. But his daughter is that one. And it appears for Jairus that there's no hope for his daughter. She's 12 years old, she's young, and she's about to die. Desperate situation, the whole life ahead of her looks like it's coming to an end. So he runs to Jesus and he pleads with her. He falls at his feet, longing that Jesus would come to heal his daughter. The other person is this woman. Don't know the name, she's just called a woman. Her problem is that she's been bleeding for 12 years. Some kind of hemorrhage in her body, and she's been bleeding for 12 years. But then, with the life of this little girl. And because she's bleeding, it means that she's ceremonially unclean. So she can't go to the temple, she can't worship. She's deemed an outcast in society. Nobody wants to be near her, so she's away. Been for 12 years, suffering at this time, not able to worship, using friends. And she's using her money to make things worse. She spent all her money on these doctors, trying to find some answer, some kind of cure to this illness that she has. And whatever the doctors have done, it just doesn't seem to work. Instead of getting better, she's getting worse. She's lonely, ill, religiously only, living in poverty. But like Jairus, sees in Jesus her many Two people facing out of control situations. 
has power to save life, and he saves life through faith. So far in Mark, we've seen Jesus' power, as we've just said, his ability to do amazing things, incredible, amazing healings, and power of healing. And people are amazed by what they see Jesus doing. They're asking the question, who is this one? Who is this one who has great authority to power? And here we meet two characters who have probably seen Jesus do these things, or at least have heard of his great power and authority, and they are faced with Certainly, they have no control over it. Let's take the woman, leading for 12 years, as we saw before you see. She's trying to get she's been to the doctors, but nothing seems to work. Doctors have, I'm sure, given her all sorts of different treatments, they've given her different medications to try and solve her problem to stop this bleeding. But there's just no human answer. 12 years have gone by, she's still suffering. And it looks like this will be her life until she dies. That by a simple touch, the cloak of Jesus, this woman's eating immediately dried up and stopped going. See that verse 29? Immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Immediately, not after a correct treatment that Jesus would prescribe, not after a short while where the bleeding would gradually stop, but she saw it happen right there and then. She was free. She was changed. Twelve years of suffering come to an end. She saw Jesus, the power to save life, to heal. This woman who was going to be sick for the rest of her life healed instantly. But it gets better then. We have Jairus. Jairus, whose daughter is dying, is now about to find out that she's dead. Well, there's no doubt to bring someone back from the dead. No matter what century we live in, it's beyond human power. But for Jesus, even death is not more powerful than me. Jairus pleads for help. He pleads that Jesus would save his daughter. But this is interrupted by the healing of the woman who's bleeding. And because Jesus wants to know who it is who's touched his cloak, he's then delayed from getting to Jairus' house. Read verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some of the people came to come house of Jairus, synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Thought of was dying, she was in desperate need of healing, the healing hand of Jesus, who had healed people already, who had done it throughout the region. But now she's dead. The last glimmer of hope for all Jairus' family is gone. The situation is more desperate than before. Jesus had healed people who were alive, but he's not dead. So I can do. That's it, it's over. Time has gone. For them, there's no expectation that Jesus can do anything more because she's dead. But Jesus goes to the house. We know that the girl really is dead. You read in verse 38. When Jesus gets to the house, verse 39, he went in. 
And why is it? Why are why all this commotion? Why all this wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. Lots of commotion, lots of wailing, because the child is dead. There are mourners there. They, they are there to, to wail and scream on. They know that she's dead. They, they've seen the body. And they laugh at Jesus. She's only sleeping? You're joking? She's dead. Of course she's dead. Death has one to her body, and she is gone. Jesus goes. He goes to the house. He goes up to the room with the girl's parents and the three disciples. And what does he do? He takes her by the hand and says, Help her. Little girl, I see you. And then what happens? Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She didn't come back to life, but was still ill in bed. She didn't come back to life and slowly recover and still needs a few days of rest. Now immediately she stood up and walked around as if nothing had happened, as if she'd been around all the time. Jesus has power even over death. Story of healing where Jesus raised this girl from the dead. Death cannot defeat Jesus. He has power even over death. You see Jesus heal people from sickness, the lay man is walking, the man with the hand has been cured of death. Now you have seen all Jesus' power over sickness and over death. And it would be wrong for me to say that whenever we are ill, Jesus promises to heal us. He can heal, he does heal, he doesn't promise it. Jesus today does heal miraculously. There are stories of people who have been healed of things that doctors have no control, and the doctors are baffled by what's happened. Jesus still heals like that today. Jesus, of course, heals through medicine. We mustn't forget that it's gone to gifts, doctors with the ability and the knowledge to use the resources of creation to produce medicine to help people. So as Christians, it's not showing a lack of faith. If we go to the doctor, we should go to the doctor, of course. I wonder how many of us pray when we're suffering, when we're ill. Do you pray? It's easy to take a couple of paracetamol out of the covers with some water. But do we pray? Do we involve God in our sickness and ask Him to heal us? Let's do that. Let's pray. Even if God can heal where there is a person, trust in But let's also remember that where there isn't healing for illness, it doesn't mean that we have insufficient faith. It doesn't mean that our faith isn't strong the Bible teaches that through faith in Christ we are saved, of course, and that we can have healing, we can receive these things. We saw that with the four men in chapter 2 who went in faith and brought their paralytic friend to Jesus. And because Jesus saw their faith, he gave them sins and he healed him. The Bible never teaches that true little faith will be a result of no healing. It's a matter of much faith we have. Doctors respond and does 
I want to say that often today, in these last days between his resurrection and his return, God often uses illness for his own glory. He allows people to suffer and to continue to go through illness so that people will be glorified and others will see his glory. My sister as an example. <clears throat> my sister has multiple sclerosis, MS. She was diagnosed at 24 years old. Yeah. Her whole life ahead of her, and now she's suffering from this illness. At the moment, there is no thought for MS. She will live with it for the rest of her life. MS generally is a degenerative disease, so she knows that more likely than not, she will get worse and worse and more and more illness as she dies. Horrible situation that one should face that with your life being so young. Some patients have come to her and they have said, Helen, this is not God's work for you. You need to pray, you will pray, claiming God's power and God's healing over your life. Well, of course Jesus could indeed take away the evidence. No problem. He could heal her absolutely. There's no promise that God will do that anytime. My sister, as a Christian, is as solid as a rock. She completely trusts God in her illness. She is submitted to His will and wants to use her suffering to be a blessing, to be a witness to both Christians and non Christians that she is. She knows that she will suffer in this life. But heaven is not in this She knows that whatever she will face, heaven is in Christ. And in Christ she has an eternal future of complete health and a life Often Jesus, his healing power and saving power and gospels, what it is, what evidence of who he is, and we've seen that so far in Mark. Who is Jesus? He is one who has great and powerful authority. But it's also a foreshadow, a picture of what will come at the end, of complete healing, of complete salvation that we will have in heaven. So Jesus heals this woman, he raises this little girl from the dead. He does it all before the cross. It's at the cross that Jesus ultimately pays for sickness and death and sin. And for us, looking back at the cross, we can see it. We can see that Christ has conquered death. He's conquered sin. He's conquered evil. He has complete power over all these things. And it will be one, one day when we see that same healing too. We will know the full and complete salvation in Christ. Jesus saves now, he heals now, he prays God with us. But even better, he will give us complete healing and complete salvation on that point. Jesus has power to save God. And Jesus saves life through faith in him. Jesus has done the work of salvation on the cross. He died, he died a death that we couldn't die, he paid the price of sin that we couldn't pay. He has done it. And so faith, it is just our simple trust 
in Jesus. I trust in him for that salvation. I like to think of faith as, as two parts. Firstly, we are abandoning ourselves, we're denying our, our own effort, we're turning from any help, any resources from the world, we're realizing that there's nothing we can do, nothing we can provide, nothing we can offer to save ourselves. And we believe and we trust, and we run to and we cling to Jesus as the only one who can save us, who can heal us. Christ has done it when we trust in his finished work on us. So faith is in words, it's trusting, not trusting in ourselves, but trusting in Jesus. And we see it in these two characters in Jesus. They come to Jesus in faith, believing in him. This poor woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, firstly she put her trust in the doctors. Her faith was in the medical experts. Of course, if anyone can help her, it is these people. Whatever treatment they gave her, whatever they suggested, it just didn't work. Even as medicine has progressed over the centuries, there are still illnesses that the doctors develop. The body is weak and poor in a place susceptible to to the seeds and death. Things that we have no control over. This woman was facing a lifetime of illness, facing all the stigma that related to that, the out- being an outcast in society, having no friends, no money, having no human hope. But she does have faith in Jesus. In verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now, some thought that her action was because she believed there was some magical power in Jesus and that would transfer from him to her and that she would be healed. Some have suggested that. But I think, as Jesus confirms to her, she had good faith. She believed so much in the power of Jesus that all she had to do was touch his cross. She didn't need to let him know that she wanted healing. She didn't need to speak to him. She just needed to step out of faith and she would be healed. And we know that she was healed because thirty of once Jesus realized power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And this poor woman, although wanting to remain quiet, wanting to be anonymous, she didn't realize who this man was. This man she touched was God in flesh, and so it wasn't any magical action, it was real faith. She knew who needed him was power, he knew immediately the power had gone from him. This was healing power. He knew that something specific, someone had specifically stepped out of it to touch him, believing that they would be healed, believing that they would be changed. And as the disciples say, Why do you ask who touched you? Can't you see all this crowd? They're all pressing on you. This crowd is on your own for days and weeks, they're always around you. 
Why do you say you touched me now? So when Jesus says, oh, who touched me? This woman, afraid, came with her out of his feet, in fear and trembling, and she, she told the whole truth. She told her story. She shared her illness, that she had no hope in the doctors. She probably shared her religious stigma, and loss of possessions, and loss of friends, the hopelessness of her life. And yet, look, I touched Jesus' coat and I'm healed. And so, for her, now in public, all that she lost to be fully restored. Not just her health, but her presence in society. She can now go back to the temple. She can now hopefully go and work. She could earn money. She could get friends and family back. She's fully restored. Because of her faith. And Jesus said so, daughter, your faith has healed you. So go in peace and be free from your suffering. Jesus confirms, tell the crowd that it's your faith. It's your faith is healed you. And she trusts in Jesus' power to save her. I think another reason that Jesus brought this woman's attention to the crowd was for Jairus' sake. This poor man is about to hear that his daughter died. But by hearing this woman's story, hearing that he was a woman who has suffered for 12 years, who has no hope of doctors, by a simple touch, she has been immediately healed. And so hopefully this man has been encouraged by the story. He sees once again the power that Jesus has. And so Jesus says, Don't be afraid. And so he does. He listens to Jesus. He carries on following him to his house. And we see Jairus' faith. He had faith, of course, already because he'd come to Jesus in the first place, believing that he could heal. And so he invites Jesus to his house. He sees his daughter healed. She's dying, she's dead, and there's only no good in Christ. And Jesus saves her. He has power in the day. This girl will still die again one day, but with Jesus, the man who died on the cross and saved the world, he rose again, not to a body that would want to die. That he rose from a resurrected body. Body that would last forever, that would not die. And so for us, as we trust in Jesus, as we trust in him for salvation of sin, we know that we will receive it because he's done it. We know that when we die, which will happen to us all one day, we know that we don't need to fear that death because Christ has conquered the death. We can face that with confidence, knowing that you'll bring us through to the other side. Knowing that when we face that because of sin and rebellion, with Jesus there is salvation. We're not going to escape physical death. But we can escape eternal death by trusting in Christ. Jesus has power 
over nature. He has power over sickness. He has power over death. And there's nothing, nothing Jesus has no control So we can come to him in faith. We can believe that he is able, that he is the one who can heal. We can also trust in him with that power that he will also want to use our illness. He will use our illness to bring him glory. He uses illness to, to discipline us and to make us more Christ. And so in those cases we can trust in God. And we need to come to him and be willing to be used by God if we are here. Use it to testify to God's goodness to the world, to encourage one another, but to look forward to a day knowing that all sickness and death will one day be over. And Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes. The world out there fights to try and save life, to sustain life. People are afraid of death, Father. There is a society where people will pay good money to change their bodies and to prolong their life because this life is all there is. And there's a fear, terrifying fear of death in the lives ahead. And people blame God, particularly if people are suffering terrible illnesses. What a waste of life, and they blame God for this. And yet, the truth of the gospel is that God, Christ, has power over death and over sickness. And this life is not all there is, because there is a future, there is an eternity. There's a new heaven and a new world to look forward to. But there will be no more sickness, and no more death, and no more pain. And that is the reality that we all want for, we all look for. So we can trust Christ. We can encourage one another. We will all know people, maybe a friend's family who, who do suffer. There are people in more than no church who, who suffer. Suffer with illnesses. We perhaps are facing death soon. These things are a reality day by day for them. And as Christians, we can look to Jesus and we can remind ourselves of what he has accomplished for us on the cross, where he's defeated sin and death, where he brings and provides salvation and life for us through faith. So when we face suffering, when we face death, we know that we will be nothing prepared to the joy that is yet to be experienced. And we can hope and trust. We'll sing a song that talks about the Lord Jesus being the only one who can save. No one can save us. But trust in Him. He alone can rescue. He alone can save us.